Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. We're on. We're on. Okay. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Timothy. Here we are in the rugby dungeon. Uh, JB in spotty yellow and black socks. Sitting more comfortably than Kellyanne Conway in Donald Trump's office. Uh, Phil, <laughs> <laughs> Phil, as you were described, we did a little pre-show Instagram live video and Phil was described um, by, I'm going to get the name, uh, Phil, but you were described as looking like um, <laughs> Harry Potter on a protein. On, uh, <laughs> Harry Potter with protein. Hold on. Phil looks like Harry Potter discovered protein shakes, says Steve Visser. <laughs> I've never had Harry Potter before. I've got my glasses on today, which is a bit unusual. That might be mm. it. Yep. Uh, and I'm here in mustard chinos and an old school bath jersey, because uh, just like Phil, uh, I was at the wreck yesterday. That will come up in discussion along with everything else premiership-wise. But, uh, but anyway, let's get on with it. Hands in and pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Uh, We are here 52 weeks a year, not just because there's six nations on currently and lions around the corner like some. Where are they going to be in a few months' time in the depths of summer when there's nothing to do but like sit around sun lounge, uh, lounging around getting the suntan and no rugby on. We'll still be there for you, uh, even Anglo-Welsh Cup weeks. Uh, exactly. We, we love rugby and we're here for you all the time and we thank you for listening. I'm Tim, that's JB. Hello, JB. Hello, Tim. Sorry, I'm reading uh, Facebook Live comments already. <laughs> no, you're, quite, you're all right. And, and that's Phil. Hello, Tim. What, what are people saying? What's the... uh, one guy's wearing a hoodie. That is it. That's that, that's it. That, that's a good chat. Yeah. Uh, take a moment and we thank you very much for leaving a review on on iTunes. Uh, we don't ask for money from you, so yeah, we do. Give us some money. <laughs> I'll ask if you if you're too shy. Give me Tim's money as well. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to ask you to take one moment of your time and go to iTunes and leave a review like Stephen Greeny did, who says he's listened from oh, the ve- this guy. Listen from the very <laughs> start. He says he listened through the very start. Always a high quality listen from Phil, Tim, and JB. Uh, he, and then, well, how would you feel about this? He said three Englishmen that even a Welshman can tolerate. Uh, well, I'll tell you something about Steve, Steve Greeny. Uh, me and Phil have played rugby with him. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's right. Actually, someone that we uh, know. I'm not getting in, all insular with that then. Uh, Skinny Fullback says this is an Ali Williams and James O'Connor high of rugby podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, Allstoff says you'll anticipate the next episode like a crack fox after its next fix. True, uh, all if, true. Uh, if you've been searching for a pod that manages to mix customised foghorn remixes to suit any players, look no further. Completely agree. Uh, well, we might not be talking about. Big Ben Tio on this podcast. Sadly not. Uh, that will come on the midweek podcast, which is going to be focused on the Six Nations and international matters. Uh, but what we're going to talk about right now is the Avicii Premiership. Wait there. Um, there you go. Just turn that down a bit. It's very loud. There you go. Better, Tim. Perfect, JB. Uh, the Avicii Premiership. Uh, we will be talking about a little bit of Pro 12 action as well. Uh, Super Rugby, Transfer Rumour Mill and all kinds of other 
weird and wonderful stuff. Quiz? From the rugby universe, JB's prepared a quiz. Are we talking Nazi spring, uh, Nazi springbok, uh, Nazi <laughs> war criminal or springbok, springbok or Nazi war criminal? Are we talking uh, that sort of level or? No, we're not. No, okay. No, we're not. We're, it's based on something which happened this week. It's important to manage expectations, so but that's fine. That sounds good. Um, but let's start with the game that's most recently in in our memories and probably the most important game from the weekend: Worcester demolishing Bristol. Yes, in a relegation ten pointer. Um, I thought it was a brilliant game. I mean, maybe the quality of the rugby wasn't brilliant, but the actual spectacle was brilliant. In terms of, yeah, I no, I completely agree with that. In terms of the importance and the significance of the game. Um, but when you say some of the quality wasn't brilliant, there were some good tries. Worcester scored some good tries. Oh, and they yeah. they played well, um, particularly who, who had who controlled the game. He, he not only controlled the game, but also added that kind of bit of magic and bit of sparkle. Yeah, his individual performance was outstanding. A little yeah. bit of magic. Three cheers for Francois Houhard. Exactly yeah. right. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. And <laughs> Tom Vondel uh, <laughs> had possibly the worst game of any human I've, I've ever seen. He was absolutely miserable. Even when he scored his interception try, how much ground did Bryce Heem make he, up on him? Yeah. He, yeah. he made up a good 10 yards over the 60-70 that he, he cruised in at. Uh, I, I tell you what, Francois Houhard embarrassed him today. Uh, uh, twice, actually. Um, once for a break, did he... Uh, he, he actually scored that in the end. He uh, he made a break... Bryce, Bryce Heem. Yeah. And then, one, and then once for his own try when, yeah. when he handed him off. I mean, Gaps. it just wasn't... I mean, everything he did just wasn't really good enough. He ran into touch maybe three times. Well, the, the same yeah. goes for a lot of Bristol players. There are some guys that have a lot of pedigree. Tom Vandell, Jordan Crane. So yeah. just, just two that spring to mind that were dreadful. Now, you're on Jordan Crane's case, and I think that's a bit unfair, actually. I he, think had a, been... he had a really poor game. Mm. He was treated like a ragdoll by Marco Mammer at times. Yeah, but... Mo- yeah. It's symptomatic of Bristol, I think. They just... They were just out-muscled, out there, out-gassed, out... Just everything... Just Worcester on another level. Who uh, hard? I will pick him up for the fact he set, he set a world record for the number of times anyone said the word tonight uh, in his post-match uh, chat. <laughs> oh, I haven't Re- heard referring to an afternoon match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the boys did great tonight. Um, but uh, one question that came in on Twitter at Rugby Podcast. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram, Egg Chasers Podcast as well. Uh, one question was from Steph Reese: Where would Worcester be with Who Hard and Heem? having been available all year? Oh, a lot higher. Uh, I think Hugo is amazing. He genuinely is an amazing player. He did this last year, though, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I've just said amazing three times. I'm going to say it four times now. Uh, it is amazing how much impact he has in such limited time with the Warriors. Yeah, it, it really is. And he, he every time he comes in, so he, he comes in from whatever he's been doing, partying all around the world, yep. it, it seems. Slaying uh, it. Yeah, everywhere he goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> killing it, um, and comes in and looks like an international, like a, a world beater. Yeah, because it's not like he had a fly half. Now Ryan Mills was definitely struggling today. I know the commentator said that he had strapping on his leg, and someone else said that he's had it for two years. He was definitely struggling, and yeah. he's not a natural fly half. Very good player, mind, just not a not a natural not a natural fly half. Yeah. I think a lot of there's two things which I thought was really interesting about this game. Number one. Uh, was how poor the Bristol line-out was uh, about five metres out from from the Worcester line. They should have had two or three tries. If their driving more was up to it, there should have been plenty of tries there. The second thing was their inability to do anything at the breakdown. 
And this made me think, uh, I'll just expand on this a little bit more. Uh, they were giving Worcester 15, 20 phases on the ball at a time. Uh, they, they were really hard to stop. Now, part of that was Bristol not competing. I think the other part was uh, was the plastic pitch because there's no mud. There's you know a nice dry ball, professional players, good skills. Uh, it started to make me think that if these plastic pitches continue, I think the role of a traditional seven or someone who can actually turn over ball is going to become vital. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to get far fewer opportunities to turn over the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that is a very interesting point, actually. Uh, I, I had a few observations whilst watching that game. One, did Albie Mathewson really play for the All Blacks? Did he? Yeah. I thought he was Australian. Um, sorry, not All Blacks. The um, he, he was an he's an international. Though, yeah, what I meant. Uh, Wallabies. Yeah, Wallaby yeah, international. Yeah. I was going to say, wow, he played for both. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> um, uh, no, he no, is. No, he no. is All Black. No, he is All Black. It, I th- yeah, he, he is. He's, he's got. F- Four caps yeah. for the All Blacks. Oh, yeah. Did he come for the Western Force then? Yes, he ah. did come. So he's. Yeah. I'm just looking him up. There you yeah. go. Keynes, yeah. Blues, Western Force, uh, four caps for New Zealand in 2010. I should have more confidence in my convictions. Yeah, good. Uh, and, uh, and also, um, Big Gav, same colour as his jersey, that sort of bronze gold colour. I do not like those jerseys. They're horrible. They're, they're think, awful, yeah. I think they are the worst kit in the, the Avicii. Really? Even worse than. Uh, did Northampton? No, Northampton don't still have their uh, powder blue. I like pajama, the powder pajama blue. kit. They were more powder grey, weren't they? Grey blue. Yeah, I don't mind the powder powder blue, powder grey. Wasn't oh, my favourite. No, no, sa- sales illuminous the, yellow. Uh, yeah, horrible. maybe oh, awful. Yeah. Sorry, but no, I I love the illuminous <laughs> sale kit. Uh, so one thing, because there's been some talk. Um, again, I'm just going to have to look at this. This could be. Uh, there's been rumours about the, the whereabouts of Ian Madigan, and I know that Northampton. We're trying to pay him a fortune to go there. Uh, Sale were interested in Ian Madigan, and apparently uh, Bristol were as well. Um, and, and someone just tweeted us going, Ian Madigan's definitely going to Bristol. Can that be? And and, and regardless of that, these signings that Bristol have made, Stephen Luatua, for example, have they will they have a clause? Should no. the I mean, well, firstly, do we think that pretty much? Bristol are down now. Five games to go. No. Uh, 12 point gap, is it? Or seven point gap, sorry. Seven point seven gap. Point. Seven point gap. Just to keep this into context, yes, they did get battered today. But Worcester are not exactly uh, try scoring machines. It's not as if they are likely to win the next five. I think Bristol have a good chance of winning a couple more, but it's a big ask. It really is a big ask. I mean, if Bristol win two. And Worcester don't win at all. Yeah, it's absolutely possible, but I just, it's hard, yeah, it's hard I, to say, isn't it? Based on so, of Bristol's last three game, uh, sorry, last four games, they narrowly beat a very weakened Bath team, which mm. was which was a good win and a very important win, but they've been hammered in the other three out of four games. So, yeah. I, I can't see it. Yeah, personally. I think the disappointment, disappointing thing with Bristol, is when they have a win or a good run. They just get troused the, the uh, week after. Yeah. They don't. They can't build on anything. No, it's not like it's a close loss or the suddenly yeah. say, "Oh yeah, that's great." And then they've got. I mean, the Alan Solomon's thing is weird. The continual. I, I tell you what, I've never known a squad scrap so hard for uh, to avoid relegation. And when I say scrap, I don't mean on the field. I mean with signings. I mean that club is doing yeah. everything it can yeah. to stay up. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, well, on on the Madigan situation, so. Like I say, Bristol and Northampton were both, and apparently Northampton had tabled half a million a year. And for Madigan? For Madigan. Whew. And um, 
Myler, I'm, 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 well, and, but there is some evidence to suggest that Bristol have he, he's agreed to join Pat Lamb at Bristol next year. And I suppose the point is, are those players really going to go and play Championship rugby? And if they do, are they just taking cash and not caring about rugby? No, the, well, depends, doesn't it? There, there have been some better players than those play Championship rugby, and also you I, know, I talk like move to the Championship though. Well, maybe not move to ben the Championship. Ben Ben Franks was he played, played the year, year before. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I think uh, Mertens, he most of the season Mertens well. and Spencer, for example. Yeah, they uh, came yeah. into a relegated Harlequins team, didn't they? Uh, Mertens did. Spencer was Northampton. Yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, just just we've just been tweeted by a quite a reliable source saying Stephen Lewitua doesn't have a release clause. Yeah, so yeah, they don't seem to. Can I say the answer to this is not purely cash. Cash is going to be a huge issue, as it always should be with, with professional sports. But you know, if there's a guy with the statue of Pat Lamb willing to go down and you're going to be part of what he's going to build coming back up. That's quite an exciting project for Yeah, anyone. but I don't think a guy like Stephen Lewitou is there, is there for the long term. He's there for a couple of years, make a, make a bit of money and then go back. Well, in that case, it doesn't matter where he goes. Well, no, exactly. Well, this is kind of my point and I'm not begrudging earning money. I'm just kind of saying I don't, I don't know that Ian Madigan, I don't know... Well, Ian Madigan must have looked across from Leinster and watched the monster that Pat Lamb was building in Connacht. I bet he's... Fairly excited to go there. Yeah, I, Pat Lamb is that that is attractive going to play under Pat Lamb and having the opportunity for him to build a squad. Yeah, I, I I do hear that. I guess what I'm saying is maybe our Bristol again. If you look at some of the players that Bristol have spent their money on, I would argue that one of the reasons they may be in the position they're in is they've spent a lot of money on <laughs> players who maybe have the promise of doing some special things, yeah. but don't have the mentality to go out and really graft for it and. Are they signing? They're more? a very selfish team. Well, are they signing more people who are? If you're there for the cash and in the back of your mind you're like, well, I'll I'll, I'll go I'll go and play against uh, Ealing Trailfinders and and score five tries. Yeah, uh, like are, are you signing the men, the right kind of mentality of, of guy? And is that the right thing to do to be signing like Stephen Lewatua and Ian Madigan on, would just, be over a million pounds for the championship? Let me just get this right. Are you saying I'm trying? Are you saying that they shouldn't go? because they're going for the wrong reasons. And if they are willing to go for the wrong reasons, you shouldn't want to sign them anyway. A little bit. Yeah, I guess I am saying that, yeah. yeah. Uh, wait and I'm see. S- I'm saying if Ian Manigan is willing to play in the Championship rather than the Premiership, I- I- I'd question whether that's wise money spent. Uh, yeah. I- yeah. I- I- it's I- I- almost I true almost... by definition, though, isn't it? But yeah, I kind of get you what you're saying. So I-, I understand that argument. I would, looking at it from the other side, I'd be optimistic that, well... Take take the history thing out of it because Pat Lamb wasn't there when they were uh, signing all the previous other players. But Pat Lamb has got certainly with Connor a very good uh, track record of bringing in guys, not spending huge amounts of money, but bringing in the right kind of guys and building a team, a squad who last season were outstanding and punched well above their weight. So mm. you'd hope that he is selecting the right kind of players rather than the wrong kind of players, which is kind of your uh, But he didn't, he didn't have the option to going. spend a load of money then, but he has True. got the option to spend a load True. of money now. Yeah, and that could corrupt, of course. Yeah, yeah. Power, power corrupts. Yeah, so like nice shiny objects you can get. Yeah. Before <laughs> you know you've got a team of Vondels. Well, let's, bro- <laughs> let's, bro- <laughs> let's broaden this out then, and this ties in nicely with the fact that this week the RFU revealed that they're going to scrap the playoffs in the championship. So, brief discussion, what, what, what do you make of that? And or what or what would you do if you were in, in charge? So, scrapping the playoffs um, f- 
from a personal perspective, I, I always quite enjoy watching the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a man that's played in the championship. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Uh, so have you, haven't you, Tim? Uh, more national one. I was kind of not not involved during <laughs> yeah. the championship. Oh, better than me. Um, but so yeah, I enjoy I enjoy the spectacle of it. But then I don't have any dog in the fight. If I was the club going up, I would, or certainly one of the the top teams, I would absolutely hate it because it finishes uh, early June, is it? Yeah. And you only then know how much money you're going to have for the next season. So from a a spectacle point of view, and as a fan of the Avicii Premiership, I think it probably is the right thing to take it out of the equation. Can I just say, I'm going to expand on your point and add, I think it is not just one of the best games, maybe the best game of the it, year. Well, because the, they play home and away, don't yeah. they? The final. Yeah. It's and, phenomenal. On a, on a Wednesday night, it's so exciting. It's a shame, really, because, like, you know, for your average rugby fan, I suppose we're a little bit above average rugby fans, and we still don't watch the championship. Uh, so by taking away that showcase of, of the championship, you're going to get a lot less coverage. But I think it does need to go unless they shrink the championship dramatically. And it's two years ago, I'll say it was one of the best games I've ever watched. The when Worcester-Bristol, Worcester, the comeback from Worcester. Yeah, but what... You know, that, that was a magnificent game. But, yeah, but the year before that was even better in some ways because Cornish Pirates uh, took apart... Was it Bristol? And then they lost to Lon- London Welsh. Oh, yeah. And then London Welsh came up beating Bristol. Yeah. So you've had like four years worth of upsets. Yeah. It's a great, great end of the season. I, I think Bristol are the happiest out of all of this. Because yeah. Not just because they're going down, <laughs> but just because they really, really struggled to come back up. Yeah. Well, I think what's changed in the championship is that a lot of teams that were aspiring for big things and, and premiership potentially, clubs like Nottingham... Um, and like Doncaster, Don, Doncaster, Doncaster are doing doing all right. Um, Rotherham were kind of yeah. a, a lot higher. They've had to cut their cloth accordingly, mm. and they're not really what you would class as full time professional rugby operations. And uh, I, I've actually, I think, for the first time with with the clubs that we've got now and London Irish in the Championship, I actually am sold on ring fencing now. However, I think. Now my hometown club was Newbury, and when I was in that club, I, I was coming through the, the. I was coming through at a really good time. Now, when did we, you, we were advancing through the leagues. Did you play under Stephen Ryan? Uh, sorry, Ben, <laughs> uh, ben, ben Ryan. <laughs> I, might, I might not have mentioned it, but yes, yes, I did. Oh, uh, okay, uh, yeah. okay. Um, also under um, some former Wales coaches as well. Anyway, hey. doesn't matter. Um, so anyway, so Newbury was advancing through the leagues. I, I, so they're not there now, but there are clubs around the around the country that I think need to have that carrot that maybe and the and the people that back them all the time and the and the the benefactors of the club that that put their own money in there needs to be that potential that one day they could be a premiership mm. club so um well I quite like the rugby league idea which is if your facilities are right and you know so on and so forth you can win a franchise I like that idea but can I float another idea which is going to be a little bit controversial um is there any need for a national league structure below the championship because that's kind of what powers all this, you know, quote-unquote professionalism, which is, say when Phil or yourself were playing at a high level, you say, oh, well, I need to be paid because I'm going to go up and down the country each and every week. I just don't see it being a necessary thing to do. In fact, if anything, it's a huge drain on on, on resources because yeah. you've got to get boys, no, boys in the bus. I hear that, and it's below National 1. They then split to North, South, and then North, So you've got West Championship, and, yeah. haven't you? National 1. National 1. Do you have National 2? Two? Two national North, 2, 2 south. North and South. Yeah. Yeah. So there's still a bit of travelling involved. So, so here we saying there. So, so I would like to say 14 teams, scrap Anglo Welsh. Mm. We no, B and I. You take Yorkshire 
uh, or Cornish pirates, whichever proves themselves as being the most worthy, and London Irish. <clears throat> uh, you then have ring-fenced competition, uh, but with the carrot that you say, if you can get yourselves to the required level and you can show that you've got a support base and that you've got the, the financial stability and you're, you, you've got you know a players in you're, you're playing at a certain standard then regardless of where you are in the championship or whatever Cornish Pirates or London Scottish or Nottingham or anyone could become a premiership team and maybe expand to 16 teams one day well I think that is more likely you get 16 teams and you maybe have two conferences or something two conferences of eight which would be 14 games and then who knows maybe um, uh, the the top four play each other home and away that would be another six games yeah it, and then it's definitely, who knows it's definitely worth definitely worth looking at I'd add the other thing to this is a lot of championship teams simply do not want to be in the premiership mm. I think Leeds do I think Bristol do anyone else have got any other teams that want to go up because I don't think m- many do nah. Doncaster I think do have ambitions of, of doing it but I'm not sure how realistic but there's more exa- there's more examples of clubs that have tried and then have fallen away badly <laughs> London Welsh my, my ho- I, yeah. I, every team I played for seemed to do that Newbury that happened uh, Manchester, Manchester. That oh, happened. money's a curse Oral uh, well, look at Rotherham Pl- now Richmond yeah. Plymouth Albion got very close yeah uh, yeah. money in the in the championship and below is an absolute curse I, I, d- I think there's a really strong argument to almost <laughs> enforce um, amateurism on the champion- uh, well below the championship you could do something like that. that. That's up. That's up to clubs to yeah. run their own affairs, isn't it? It is. It is really. Mm. Um, just, just on the team. So I am all for the fourteen-team system. Uh, obviously, you have to make it fit. Probably within a global season, what will happen in the next few years? Um, the fourteen teams is a little bit of a conundrum, though, because you've got fourteen academies, which is the Premiership clubs, London Irish and Yorkshire Carnegie are all the academies. But Yorkshire Carnegie, I just. They can can't. They don't really have a fan base. It's rugby league and football territory. And so head, let's make it thirteen teams then, in just London Irish. You could and everyone well, has one a, team has a rest week, uh, which I don't think is a bad week. idea. I think they'd love it actually having a rest week. The fans Maybe, wouldn't, but, but the you, teams would. You've got this very good academy. Um, the, like lots of players have come out of the Leeds academy, so you've got a decent academy. You've just not got the support for it to actually. Well, it, and but, but then if you have that as a criteria, should Sale be in the Premiership? <laughs> well, sale sale get more fans than well, uh, yeah. they do get more fans in Yorkshire. Yeah, uh, sale, I was being flippant. But, yeah, being yeah. Flippant. Sales but, Academy is actually yeah. not too, not particularly good. Headingley is a great place to go and watch live sport. I've never been. It, have you never been to never been. R- rugby league? R- rugby yeah, league, brilliant. cricket. But you're right in the centre of Headingley, which is a great like a student town, but great fun t- mm. town. Loads of bars. Uh, you can do the Otley Run. Well, why don't we go to Headingley soon? We could do. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ask Danny Cipriani what he thinks of heading late. <laughs> you can't remember, mate. Uh, <laughs> what was he? So, so, so I think I think we've talked about that. Tell us what you think at Rugby Podcast, um, and and we we can because I'm sure this will be a conversation that will run for a while. The one thing you would say is, if and when uh, ring fencing of some kind does come into play, which it has to come in, it probably will. It's probably more it, inevitable. I don't know. There are pros and cons. One of the cons is, would anyone have cared about Worcester Bristol? It depends. Yeah. I mean, it. What do you mean? It depends. No. Yeah. Well, it does depend. Bottom really? two. If... Really? Yeah. Because there well, is something to be said for uh, today's game was brilliant, and yeah, the names it was on brilliant show because of what was yes, on it. Exactly. I, I don't disagree with that. But there is also a case a case to be made that seeing the young like the young lads 
come through and be given the end of the season to prove themselves would probably be more valuable not only to those clubs in the long term but also the national team oh no it completely yeah completely that, agree that with stuff that can benefit completely agree yeah. it's the best it would be the best decision for the england team but what i'm saying is as a spectacle um who would you know yeah. wh- it's like going to watch dragons v treviso fair yeah. point um yeah. just just one thing just you mentioned lua too obviously signing for bristol did either of you see his red card this weekend oh ridiculous uh, which way ridiculous oh I've heard about it but I've not seen it uh, he's got four weeks for that didn't he yeah mm. do you think that's ridiculous no it's definitely a ban yeah yeah yeah. It's, it is definitely a ban it's just it, just stupidity Stupid, it was yeah. an off the ball it, it wasn't the hardest contact but it was an off the ball swinging arm headshot mm. so yeah, yeah really it's stupid. just stupid just stupid just really stupid uh, so hold on, we, we, so we, we we've ticked that off. So uh, yeah, we know while you talk about that, people getting in trouble um, and reaction to it. Um, did you see Murad Bujalal um, reacting to Ali Williams and James O'Connor? Yes, that was an interesting reaction, wasn't it? It, it was. So, so hold on, we talked about the same reaction. Uh, well, as his, I'm talking about his reaction to say that there is a uh, an endemic of cocaine use in rugby. Oh yeah, and but he, didn't he also compliment Ali Williams on his negotiating yeah, skills? Yeah. <laughs> having, having heard the price that he paid, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see that. Yeah, I did. Ba- he basically said, uh, "We're not going to extend James O'Connor's contract, but we will look after him uh, for, during this season." Wow. Kind of thing. Well, I, well, okay. So why don't we build on this? Because I've got a. A paragraph here. It's it's my it's a it's a it's a little opener, um, opener for you, and it's a quick question. It kind of is, is linked to this. So this week there was a disciplinary. I'm not going to give you the, the name, but who said this? Mister Somebody referred to himself. This is in his defence in his di- disciplinary. Mister Somebody referred to himself as a pillar of the community, a chief cook, and a bottle washer. His club is based in a poor area demographically. He's been responsible for creating 25 jobs. Uh, uh, Steve Diamond on his charges <laughs> with the RFU. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you want to do He's my... a, a cook and a what? A bottle, bottle washer. washer a, a bottle, bottle washer. Yeah. Uh, so if you want, boys, we could actually lead into my quiz now because it Go is... A, okay, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, I can't believe the amount of prep the JV's put into this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to stay with disciplinaries. So, it's going to be a, um, a, a basic quiz all about naughty, naughty boys. Okay. So, let's go with the first question, shall we? Tom Arscott was sacked by Sale, but prior to being sacked by Sale, who was the last team? What the last team and the last player to get fired by a team in the Premiership? Ooh, uh, can I fired? Can, yeah. Oh, do you want us to write these down, or do you want us to? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Write them down if you want. Let me get up a little document. So the it. last player before Tom Arscott to get fired in the in the Premiership. Okay. Wow. There might be some academy lads or something. I mean, there undoubtedly are, but this is a first teamer. In the Premiership. In the okay. Premiership, yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Oh, I can't remember his name. 
So, <laughs> I've been reading a can lot... I get, can I get half a point if I tell you who he is? Uh, yeah, you can. Uh, I've been reading a lot of the disciplinary PDFs. They're actually quite, quite a good read. Uh, and I found this one. So, which player was accused of doing the following? Okay, so this is a statement from uh, one of the witnesses slash victims. Mr. Hampson, open brackets, who attended the game with his young son, told the committee that the player seemed very agitated and was shouting in an intimidating and threatening manner and used the words, F off. I'll effing come down there and sort you out. F off. Come on then. Come on then. F off. (laughs) (laughs) He also gave an obscene hand, um, uh, hand gesture after signing photographs for kids. Wow. Anyone got any idea? Who that is? So, go say it again. Okay, so Mr. Hampson, open brackets. Uh, by the way, I've opened the brackets myself. Uh, this, this is something which I've added. Who attended the game with his young son. Okay. Told the committee, uh, the player seemed very agitated and was shouting in an intimidating and threatening manner. Used the words, F off. I'll effing come down there and sort you out. F off. Come on then. F off. Oh, sorry. Come on then. Come on then. F, F off. off. So, come on then. Come on then. Go away. Okay. <laughs> Any ideas? Uh, I'm going to put a name down, but... Very, fairly recent big game. Player. 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 Hmm. Okay. All right. (laughs) Brendan Venter got a 14-week ban for making inappropriate gestures and comments to Leicester fans in 2010. The RFU also censured him for disdain (laughs) for which two things whilst he awaited uh, his sentence. One, eating biscuits. Two, throwing sweet papers. Three, reading the paper. What? Wait, <laughs> they're the three options. Well, he was waiting to be sentenced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was sen- censured for disdain. Uh... By the way, he later <laughs> described the disciplinary process as run by people from prep school. <laughs> <laughs> so he did two of those three did things. Did two of those so things. So which one didn't he do? Correct. Right. What was the first one? Uh, eating biscuits. Yeah. Throwing sweet papers. That's so <laughs> petulant, isn't it? <laughs> love it. All right. All right. You'll love this one, Tim. Which is the highest number? The amount of NRL players caught simulating sex acts with dogs or the amount of rugby union lifetime bans? <laughs> 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 oh dear so I want a number for both you want a number for both yeah I want a number for both lifetime bans and NRL players caught simulating sex acts with dogs <laughs> <laughs> and the last question okay why did 19 players from Penegraig get banned 19 players 19 players from the same team got banned from a club called Penegraig These are all total guesses. <laughs> are they really? I yeah. don't get some of them. Uh, the first one I think I've got. What have you got written down? All right. So, for the number one. Yeah. Tim, do, can I have your answer, please? Oh, fired. Uh, you see, I know there was players that have been suspended, and I thought, I wonder if it... But So, I went with the, the bath cocaine gate thing of 
And then, but I, so I just wrote down Matt Stevens, Alex Crockett, Michael Lickman. I couldn't remember which, if any. Okay, so I remember that, but there was more recent. There was a Northampton hooker, South African hooker. I'm sure his name was Sharman. Some someone Sharman. There was a hooker who got fired um, for oh, for tweeting when Mo Farah won. <laughs> Olympic gold. Stupid, didn't he? He tweeted something like, "Congratulations, Mo Farah, winning gold for Pakistan," which is like the most stupid, (laughs) offensive. What? No, no, I thought I I think I've remembered it now. It's the lad from Gloucester in the toilet changing rooms. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. Although I have been um, looking for Kieran Britton. No, Corey Corey Britton. Spelled K O R E E. I'll tell you who it is. Uh, so, um, Tim? Uh, Phil? Uh, it's actually uh, Alafotti Farsalivia, who was fired by Bath for knocking out a student. Oh, yeah. Start the season. But they didn't fire Carl Ferns for knocking out Gavin Henson. Completely different. That is justified. <laughs> Completely <Yeah>. different. <laughs> Completely different. <laughs> All right. So... Next one. Who was the player that told the man and his son to F off numerous times and acted aggressively, apparently? I couldn't. I didn't have a clue. I just guessed Mike Brown only because <laughs> of the... the. I love Mike Brown, but only because of the um, reputation he has as an ang- so I can, angry. I can confirm. Uh, I, I genuinely didn't know, so I just put Jim Hamilton. I can't believe you don't remember. Jim Hamilton would never do that. Maybe a few years ago he might have done. No, that. he wouldn't. Yeah. He's a good egg. Um, <laughs> I'm not. S- Mike Brown's a good egg. Yeah. The, well, this guy maybe not quite such a good egg. Of course, it was Dylan Armitage. Was it? Yeah. Do you remember this? Oh, I, the yes, Leicester game. I do the, the hand gesture? I remember. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, all okay. right, boys. So, which of the following <laughs> did ben- Brendan Venter not do? I said eating biscuits. Uh, I also said eating biscuits. Wow. You both are. <laughs> the only thing he didn't do is read the paper. So he was in his hearing eating biscuits no, and no, sweets. When, when they're sentencing him, oh, right. he's throwing sweets in the bin and eating biscuits. Wow. <laughs> now that is culture. <laughs> All right. What's higher? The amount of the amount of NRL players caught simulating sex acts with dogs or the amount of rugby union lifetime bans? Uh, lifetime bans, which I put at, I guessed at four. So... <laughs> I guess this is actually, well, not a trick question, but... So, I remember the Argentinian player who kicked another player in the head. Mm-hmm. Like he was uh, kicking a penalty now, goal. can I just say, this is only, like, professional level. Oh, right. So, like, I... You know, oh, okay, well, that's, that's, that's or, a bit different. No, sorry, or, like, top top level. I'll say I'll say more sex acts with dogs and there's been no lifetime bans of players at, top le- to- in, at the elite level. Well, so that Argentinian player, I seem to remember he got a 99-year ban. Ah, not lifetime. Doesn't which, count. Is, which isn't lifetime. No, yeah. So I also had. Well, the, the advances in medical science these days. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Every cloud, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, when he's 126, he'll come back and start playing. So I'm going to say, Tim, your first answer was <laughs> correct. <laughs> there, were, there were four. There's, oh, were there? There's been four lifetime bans. Okay, well, I'll, I'll stick with my first answer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Phil, of course. <laughs> now, here's the interesting thing. 
So, there have been two sex acts with dogs. Yeah. In, um, two! So two. I, I had two written down on my oh, sex they, acts with dogs. There you go. Have a point each. Let me just read you some <laughs> details. So, uh, this is from, um, I think, Fox, uh, Fox Australia. Um, I can't remember. Anyway, the, uh, the footage showed a female rejected Pierce's ad- advance and attempt to kiss, saying, I'm a lesbian, before the Roosters captain turn- turned his attention to a dog. <laughs> Pierce is then seen picking up the dog and simulating a sex act. She then accused the 26-year-old of urinating on himself on the couch. Well, that's just bubbling. Would that it be happens- classed as bubbling? <laughs> it happens all the time. <laughs> okay, so that was um, Roosters captain uh, Mitchell Pierce, or they were- Pierce Mitchell, which- whichever. And there's the other one, Monaghan. Joel Monaghan. Uh, this came from his uh, colleague. John wants to make clear it will, <laughs> he was only only playing uh, playing a prank on an absent teammate by simulating the act. No words of, of explanation can be offered because because none can be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so just to expand the, I have have you seen the picture of that? Uh, yes, I have. It is ridiculous and uh, if not a little risky as well a little risky yeah it doesn't it, i mean if it's a dangerous breed in particular uh just a quick one for you boys um lifetime bans there are four, four lifetime bans how many people have received them <laughs> uh three is hold on let me go and get my correct thing yeah. Correct. So, one, so one what has had a double who, lifetime. Who got the double lifetime ban? A guy called Chris Jones, and I've got to give credit to uh, Simon. Um, oh, I can't remember his name now. Simon from Western, uh, from you know Wales Online. Oh uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, apologies for not remembering his surname. He's done a really good fifty players that have got banned. So uh, yeah, Chris Jones has had two lifetime bans. Um, so this is not the former England locks slash back row. Who no, no, this guy is actually Worcester. a reformed Christian that found God in a jail cell and is now a coach. Uh, the other one is uh, Michael Palmy, who apparently gouged his way from to, uh, from Toulouse to uh, to Paris. Uh, and the other one is Trevor Brennan, but actually that doesn't count because he had a lifetime ban, which is then rescinded to five years. He featured in one of our very very earliest podcasts in a in like a hard nut fifty. Yeah, yeah. Psychopath 15. And last one, why did 19 players from Penigray get banned? I said a, an initiation that got out of control. Something, went out, something did get out of control. Uh, I had a uh, fake tan overdose. And it could... Well, none of you get the point. It did, go, it did get out, out of control. And judging by some of their players, there was an overdose. It was steroid abuse. Yeah, that was, that was my real answer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, is there a winner in this, or is rugby uh, the winner? I think I think uh, uh, rugby's r- the loser. R- rugby um, uh, <laughs> r- law keeping is the winner. Yes, a- absolutely right. Safeguarding rugby is the winner. Yes. Oh, that's so loud. I don't, I don't like that. I'm not going to. That's quite that all right. Uh, I just want to just let anyone know, um, who, anyone who's coming to Romania um, for our live podcast in a couple of weeks, just want to reassure them there will be no bubbling. Well, uh, there will be no, com- there'll be can- no steroid abuse. No, yeah. You can't guarantee that. There'll be no cocaine. Yeah. There'll be no sex acts with dogs. What are we going to do then? What's the, <laughs> what is the agenda if that's what we're not doing? We're going to eat biscuits and show disdain. Yeah. Um, uh, but an interest, an exciting development, though, because obviously we've talked in previous podcasts that World Rugby have heard about what we're up to in Romania, going out and how many, uh, you know, well over 100 
Egg Chasers listeners are coming out and we're doing a live show. We're going to go to Romania v Georgia for part of the European Rugby Nations Cup, which we'll talk about in our midweek podcast. But um, also a tweet came in earlier this evening, gents, uh, from Raging Bull. Um, so I wonder if it's from Phil Vickery himself. Probably. The man behind it. He says, uh, oh, good on you guys going out to Romania. So they're, they're, they've heard about it as well. And they said, uh, we'd love to send you off in style with some new kit. Ops. Ha- hashtag big fans. Hashtag new look for JB. Oh, what's wrong with well, I was And I was thinking, well... That is exciting. I was thinking, that's really nice of them, but we don't really want... Uh, we don't really want a kit, um, like a, a kit. But I want a kit. I've just, I've just, I've just gone on. I, I knew that they did kit, but they do, they do like leisure wear. Oh, and yeah, stuff. yeah. Uh, they're in like House of Frozen stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all up for getting kitted out. If they want to kit me out and give me a new, can I look like Phil Vickery? Yeah, exactly. I was just saying, I can see you, Phil Vickery. Some of the pictures. Are How like... do they make his shoulders expand like that? They... <laughs> is that? Is that the cut of the cloth? Or... They, uh, they. There's some pictures that look like he should be straight off of a, of, of a of a lodge doing a bit little bit of uh, pheasant shooting or clay pigeon shooting or something. Wax jacket, perfect tweed. Um, I've never shot a pheasant in my life. What, what's, that, what's that? Um, cr- crisscross shirt thing called? What's that called? A gingham. Not plaid. Gingham. Gingham. Yeah. Gingham shirt. Chinos. What do you reckon? Superb. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. Um, I'm all all of those things. I'm very much for. Well, I, I had no idea you did uh, leisure wear as well as team wear. So, Raging Bull, we will be in touch. Um, we could. I wonder if we could get some like prizes and stuff out in, in Romania too. Almost I'll, certainly. I'll, Almost I'll certainly. put it on my to-do list and report back. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, watch we get, guess get back to Avicii matters. What should we talk about? Uh, should uh, we talk about our day out? Yeah, go my, for it. Yeah. Yeah, bottom, bottom of the table to the top. Yeah. Um, so, Canterbury... Well, you were there in a working capacity with BT, yes. Tim. I was there on a bit of a jolly. Canterbury sorted us out some tickets. Um, and what should I talk about first? Should I have a little bit on the on my day out? Oh, go on then, Phil. Uh, very nice. I, I love Bath. Um, best, best city to watch sport, isn't it? Maybe in the world. It's a, up there. It's so good. So uh, me and friend of the pod, Harry, travelled down on the Saturday morning. We were booked into the Queensbury Hotel for Lovely. for lunch. Makes me sick. We had a tremendous lunch there in the restaurant. Um, really good, well looked after. Nice bottle of wine. Um, strolled down through the town. Um, strolled into the ground. Just we only got there just before kickoff, actually. Um, and I was very optimistic to see a really high quality game of rugby between two top attacking sides. And I saw one top attacking side. And I also saw Bath, who had, a, they performed dreadfully. Tim, what did you make of this? Uh, being touch touch side, they they were they were they were awful, tactically. Uh, they, it, it, Bath were dominated, mm. and they got away only losing by eighteen points. I feel. Uh, yeah, I think I think you are right. To, <laughs> they they were lucky to score three points at home, uh, and only lose by. That is only their second defeat at home in a year. Is that right? In the Premiership, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch this game in as much detail as you two because, well, because A, I wasn't there. But also I thought, I I may as well focus on other games. One of the things that struck me was the complete mismatch of the wingers. I thought Watson was completely outplayed by uh, Wade. Uh, Although, you know, yeah, Bath did get badly beaten. I thought Hastings had some nice little moments. 
So that so that's interesting. So if you only watch the highlight reel, yeah, he had a couple of nice little moments. The break and the offload for the Denton failure to score, which he's now done twice in a row, by the yeah. way. Denton should have category should have scored that. Just just but, do do what Curtly Beal did on one of his tries, slide in. Yeah. He, he, he did slide why in. Take, why slide take the chance? Touch. Yeah, he, no, the, the, he started sliding the last two feet of, after yeah. he'd crossed the whitewash. Yeah. Get it um, ASAP. But so Hastings, he did have a couple of nice touches. He did not have a good game no, at all. Did he not? And it, it was a so, bad game. so part of this was so his handling wasn't great, and there was a few knock-ons. But I, I'm really curious about this, um, particularly. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. To get your perspective, Tim. So, it seemed the Bath's tactic was to kick everything. And that, to me, strikes me as a very bad tactic because Wasps... Their back three are magnificent. Mm. Christian Wade, Kirtley Beale, and Willie LaRue are the last people you want to be kicking to. Maybe in the world. Yeah. And so it was a very bad tactic. And not only was it a bad tactic, it was executed dreadfully. So the kicks were just going straight down their throats rather than finding grass, finding touch, and just allowing them to either run it back, which they did repeatedly, or kick it back, which obviously uh, Gopeth when he drops back, Kirtley oh. Beale and Willie LaRue are all outstanding at kick return. So yeah. that battle, which Bath tried to take Wasps on at up front, just they were so thoroughly beaten. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I-, I had the benefit of, while I was watching, I had the earpiece in and I could hear the commentary. And at one point, 20 minutes into the game, the one of the Bath coaching staff came on and they said, you know, w- what's going on with the kicking tactic? And he said... Well, our tactic was, we know that Wasps score the majority of their tries from about halfway. So we wanted to try and pin them right back. <laughs> it's not working. And the, yeah, the problem uh. was, and, and if I, I just want to maybe give extra credit to Willie LaRue rather than all, it, be, it was uh, ben, Benny Tapps and Adam Hastings were doing all the kicking. And it did look really aimless. But what was amazing when you got that wide view that you don't sometimes get when you watch the telly is the the Willie LaRue's reading of the game is yeah. incredible. So the speed at which he just reads the body language of Adam Hastings or Ben, ben Tapawai and belts back 40 yards. So it looks like they're kicking he's, right at him. But actually, it's Willie LaRue being so good at reading it and repositioning himself that by the time the ball gets there, he takes it comfortably. Well, as, so, as, as Chris Pennell will tell you, uh, is changing the picture. Mm. Give give them one look, and by the time they've looked up again, you're bolting back yeah. or go deep and deep, go deep and come shallow. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you're right. It, it was a tactic. They were trying to pin wasps into their own half. Bath never got into wasps' half, and they were thor- soundly beaten, thoroughly beaten. And wasps look a force, especially when you, <laughs> when you look at the guys they've got to come back in. That said, the, the one thing you do say for Bath is. They are missing a whole team's worth. Yeah. They're missing, uh, prob- probably well, the t- a, a team. If you made a team up of the players Bath are missing, it would probably beat the team that Bath put out on the field. Well, they did have a few people back though. For, like bringing Watson back is big. Bringing Falatel back is massive yeah. and charterous. Falatel was one of the few players who actually came out of this well from a from a Bath perspective. I felt because um, not not many others did did very much at all. And um, 
one of our favourite um, kind of petulant, petty players. Oh, Chris Cook. Chris Cook gave... So it was... Uh, the scores were relatively close at this stage. It was still one or two scores in it. But uh, Gopeth puts a bomb up. Rocker Dagoonie's under it. But Chris Cook just deliberately blocks Ashley Johnson, who's coming to, to tackle him. Ugh. And gives away a penalty, three points. It's so Chris Cook, uh, isn't it? It it was such a classic Chris Cook. Such a stupid, like both stupid and incredibly petulant at the same time. Stacks up. Yeah. After, after the game, Di Young gave a lot of credit to Lee Blackett, the attack coach, when it was pointed out that you know your forwards have got great, great ball skills and. Look at the break Tommy Taylor made. Tommy Taylor was quality. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm calling it. Let's get Tommy Taylor in the Lions squad. <laughs> wow. Whoa. I'm actually no 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 Steady no no on. no no. You now you know this this Tommy Taylor love isn't one that I'm just I'm not just no. a Johnny come lately. I when he wasn't no. when he wasn't even first choice. You groomed him when he yeah <laughs> when he wasn't even first choice at Sale and I was the match announcer at Sale. Whenever he'd come on as like a 19 20 year old for his for his 15, 20 minutes, I was just always thought he's a superstar. So I, I've been a big fan of Tommy Taylor's. I think he could be better than Jamie George and England's best hooker. He, he was outstanding. And therefore, the yeah. best best hooker in the British Isles. Well, it, 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 is a, it is a problem position as well. He's not as good as Jamie George, I don't think, yet. But hey, there's <laughs> he's rapidly improving. Watching him warm up, though, uh, so I walked past him when he was doing his line-out throwing. Um, now, I know this can happen where when you have your socks pulled up and the mud cakes on it and then you pull your socks down, it can effectively wax your legs, can't it? <laughs> but Tommy Taylor, um, there's, no, there's, no there's no hair on his legs. <laughs> yeah, I've literally got the same thing on like the back of my cough. I've got no hair. That's why, yeah. My... When the mud cakes onto your socks and then you pull your socks down. <laughs> I've wondered about that for years. It, it takes your hair away. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Anyway, so... Thanks for that, Tim. <laughs> hey, no worries. It's um, like a beauty treatment. You just saved the NHS. That's all the pounds of investigative... Uh... <laughs> so, <laughs> Teachers. So, <laughs> Wasp's forward skill set is amazing. Tommy Taylor for the Lions. Alex Reader was brilliantly. Uh, one more observation is that that uh, dead ball area at one end, the end that Bruce Craig and all the boxes are. Yeah. They all need, the boys. They need to get get James Dyson to stump up for some like proper airblade technology to dry that because it is an <laughs> absolute bog. So, um, or they just need to develop the ground, which I know they're trying to do. Mm. Uh, but no, I mean Wasp's looking outstanding. Curtly Bill. There's talk that in the next week he's going to tie up his future. It's either Australia, which Michael Checker is desperate to do. Yeah. But he does qualify to still play for Australia on that law that they brought in. About 60 caps, was it? Yeah. Uh, Gitto's law or whatever it's called. Yeah. 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 Which they just break anyway for, for yeah. whoever they want. Just a quick one. I, I mentioned there's not been a team as desperate as Bristol with their signings this year. Do you think Bath are desperate? Because... It is unusual for a team in the top four to make so many signings. They've brought in Allison, uh, Al, what's his name? The scrum off, Allison. Al- Allinson. Allinson. He's only a backup because there, yeah. there's, there's, there's rumours surrounding Danny Kerr. Yeah, but they have done it, and they signed someone else on the same on uh, on the same day. They've bought that uh, Morphy in. They've bought in Benny Taps mid-season. They've bought in Robbie Frew in mid-season. The they bought in Alad Brew. Yeah, you know. And well, like, have this, you seen their injury list though? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that could well be it. And it's it's also so Blackadder only came in partway through preseason, didn't mm. he? So he never really had time to put his stamp on the squad prior to the season starting. So he's probably making changes that he would have liked to make next. Uh, would have liked to make earlier. Yeah, I, th- but, I think a bunch but, of these are, are injury jokers because you get you get extra money for well, a, a few, a, for your salary ju- cap. Judging by the game, quite a lot of them are jokers. 
<laughs> uh, but but I did speak to some uh, alakadoos on the train, some wasps uh, guys in in wasp blazers on the way back. Some nice. fine, <gasps> some fine, fine gentlemen. Sorry, I've got to interrupt you. Got to interrupt you. Uh, Sale versus Northampton. The Northampton fans have their own tweed. It's yellow and blue, uh, yellow and green. Uh, it's spectacular. Oh, amazing! Sorry, carry on with your story. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so this chance... they've got incredible shoes as well. Mm. Love it. Oh, churches, I bet. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, well, so there was a couple of alakadoos on the train uh, going back towards um, going home after the Wasps game. And one of them used to, I'm, I'm sorry to the gentleman, I forget, but he played for Wasps in the 70s and 80s. And he said that, he just had a look on his face, he went, Curtly Beale this week. It's all sorted, it's all tied up. And there was a little glint in Di, Di Young's eye when he was asked about Curtly Beale after the game that just made me feel he's staying. Wow. So I've got absolutely no I've got no substance to that. There's no insider knowledge. It's just looks to me like Curtly Bill is Well, shall, shall we rec- recklessly speculate and just say, like, yeah. you know, when he was in Australia, he has bounced around franchises a little bit. He's been, what, he started at the Waratahs, went over to, was it the Force he went to? Uh, or the Rebels? Rebels? Rebels he went to, Rebels, yeah. he's come back. He's, he's always seems to be involved in some kind of bother there. I wonder if he just quite likes the change, a little less spotlights. Um, you know, there might be something to that, and I know they've put their best and final offer out there. Yeah, so we will see. Popping bottles with Danny Cipriani and Christian Wade doesn't get much better than that, does it? It's probably pretty good. Hanging out with Hask. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Well, you could be popping bottles with sippers, but you could be pouring bottles <laughs> all over your shoes if you were with down there with Jonathan Joseph. Jonathan Joseph. Exactly, exactly. Um, on on the rumours, I mentioned Danny Care to Bath. That's doing the rounds. If that happens, good move, bad move. Because uh, uh, the other one is Mike Brown to Exeter. Exeter. So, the, well, take them one at a time first. So, Danny Kerr to Bath. Not yeah. it's it's not a bad move, but is Photo Ali going somewhere? Yeah, because he's, he's excellent. Photo Ali is yeah. is brilliant. They missed him more than anyone. Yeah, yeah, they really missed him. Um, and how good a strategy is it to have both of your halfbacks missing for in? international periods exactly why I don't think it's worth Quinn's paying top dollar for those two guys as brilliant as they not are not if they're not dominating well mind you you can, you can have one top guy just yeah. need to make sure that your backup isn't awful well I I, yeah. I think if I well yeah well yeah we're yeah. not saying the backup is awful but you know uh, you know, other clubs manage to lose internationals Holocons do it terribly having said that we'll get on to their game later yeah um, yeah uh, I don't like the idea of Danny Kerr to Bath it just doesn't seem no, it doesn't seem like the right move. As for Mike Brown to Exeter, I mean, I haven't liked many of Exeter signings until they put on the Exeter kit, and it's very it, clear that Rob Baxter knows, knows a lot more about rugby than me. So if Rob yeah. Baxter wants that, uh, Mike Brown, I guarantee you it will be a good signing. Yeah. And it does It does feel like they have got... Well, they've got Dollars, who is brilliant, mm. and he, he fits in so well at Exeter. And then you go to either Lockie Turner or Noel... Who can fill Whitt- in there? Has Whitten gone to fullback? No, Whitt- Wing has been playing. Whitt- yeah, who, they can fill in there, but they're probably not as good. Whereas Mike Brown is probably a better fullback for, than Dollars. And then if Mike Brown is away with England, you have Dollars as a backup mm. who is outstanding. So it's it's just that str- really strengthens their position, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting. Well, I think it's more interesting for Quinns and the players. Then the teams that these players are going to. Well, yeah, because yeah. Uh, Quinns have been the the team, as we've talked about many times over over the past years, that 
their money has Conor O'Shea was always very very proud and used to wave a big flag going look how many internationals we've we've produced out of our academy and that are in our squad and they wore that as a real badge of honour and rightly so for the national team that worked for Quinns that that worked that year they won the the uh, they won the premiership yeah other than that it really became a hindrance when so many players were taken away from their team. Uh, yeah but that so that is also it, it's exactly the point that we're kind of making with these guys so it's great having all those players, providing the drop-off is not enormous when they, they're missing. Because mm. you, it's it's all about the squad. Yeah. And you, you lose those players, and if you've got this big drop-off, then you're just going to be like bouncing around all over. But that's it. And, and going back round full circle to the ring fencing, what Conor O'Shea and the Harlequins Academy, let's not give him all the credit, everyone involved in that, yep. that Harlequins organisation, England owe them a massive debt of gratitude for the players that they've produced and we're seeing Carl Sinclair yeah. uh, come through now and then players like Joe Marchant coming Marchant, through their academy yeah, yeah. is incredible uh, the, yeah the Chisholm boys the ch- yeah and, and ring fencing would certainly help that and on that Dan Mugford is watching on our Facebook live stream yeah and this is a guy that played for Nottingham he's come up to the premiership yep. and Nottingham were very ambitious when he was there and it, he played elsewhere in the championship as well Plymouth Plym- did he play possibly anyway he said he, he thinks ring fencing would probably be safer for a lot of clubs but it's very sad and hard for a lot of good players playing at, in the championship I completely agree and uh, just what the, uh, as we've talked about again another thing we talked about a lot of quality players having come from the championship and established themselves in the premiership mm. and yeah anyway let's talk about the Harlequins game actually because I know we don't want to do each game one, one, you know, one after the other but this was maybe the game of the weekend Vissa Woo! What a try! Uh, I tell you what, that this game was awesome, absolutely awesome. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I only watched the high, the extended highlights, yeah. But you kind of get a feeling of you what get went a, on. You get a pretty good when you watch if you watch the twenty odd minute one that uh, BT put out. Yeah, that's you exactly. get a pretty good idea of what was happening in that game. Gloucester. Uh, okay, so uh, I don't know where to start with it. Why don't we start with uh, Gloucester? So, uh, so many times this year. Uh, Billy Burns has done really, really this year, well. Sorry, this year. Do you mean Gloucester's year? Gloucester's oh, year. Oh, no, that's, no, next, that's, that's next, next year. year. That's next year. Next sorry, year. next year. But Billy Burns has been a not a revelation. We all knew he was pretty good. But he's had some really, really good, good games. And I think this this was another one where he was he was particularly good. Yeah. Um, they were 17 points ahead, I think, uh, with about 15 minutes to go. It looked like they couldn't possibly lose. Uh yeah, they conspired to throw this game away. I mean, yeah. you, you could not imagine. Um, and that, so, oh, I could definitely imagine Gloucester doing that. <laughs> that that's that's the problem. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So th- th- there's a point. Um, Halifanua hit um, hits. I think it's Visser. Absolutely smashes him. Dislodges the ball. Penalty. Uh, Billy Byrne steps up. He's now 15 from 15. So, um, so uh, in in this streak, and you think there is no way Gloucester can possibly lose. <laughs> And then they just fall to pieces. Uh, and it's got to be mental. It has to be mental because they're good enough. Yep. And you see the the performance week in, week out. I There's, there's just... No, well, no, you complete... don't. You don't. Oh, no, well, no, 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 no. You, you do. You do, but for parts of yeah. it. Yeah. So you'll see, so you see like, minutes. yeah, 30 minutes of brilliance and then 50 minutes of uh, and... abject weakness. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's Laurie Fisher's had enough, uh, potentially... 
That, well, that tweet that he put out, I saw that, and there was only a couple of retweets at the time, and I went, hey, what? Am I? That is, huh? a, that is a weird tweet, isn't it? And then Gloucester have come out and said, we're aware of the tweet, we will put out a statement in due course. So he appeared to resign on social yeah. media, which is a bit of a, which is a first, caught, describing the teams as, as a capitulation, and he was taking full responsibility. Now, I, I like coaches who take responsibility and don't try and shift blame and all the rest of it but I'm not sure I would want to level this at Hibs because as you've talked about the team got themselves in a position yeah. from which they should never lose he's clearly yeah. a good man um, maybe he's just not a head coach maybe he's better off at, uh, you know like he's in his old role as a forwards coach well, well let's, let's go back to it like d- does a head coach cause that yeah I think well, probably hey, you know he, he can he can take responsibility for an element of it but that is not that in itself is not a reason to uh, give up your job. I don't. Think. I mean, if it was a one-off game, maybe you know the players can be blamed. But this is a. It does. It's happened right from the start of the season when they were leading by twenty points against Leicester. And it's not a cheap team. That's the thing. It isn't cobbled together. You know, there's a lot of thought that's gone into building this squad. They've got a lot of big names in there. Uh, they've spent money on people like James Hook. I don't even think James Hook played actually. Um, uh, uh, Richard Hibbard, another big name, got got yellow carded. Um, part of it has to be players, players, but he is right to. I think he's very honourable in taking the blame. It's not all all his all his fault, but I think the majority can be placed. David, uh, David at, at well, door, yeah. they've still got the potential to finish seventh, get a playoff through the back door into Champions Cup. It's um, not really good enough, though, is it, for their fan base and how big that club is? No, no, no. I, I think you're probably right, but I'm just saying at this point in the season, it's, it's, it seems a strange move. So we'll, we'll watch that yeah. one in progress. But they were poor. Quinns, on the other hand, were great. Yeah, which is very oh. is worth. And the way they came back into it, you got something, Jay? No. Okay. Uh, those two late tries from the Chisholm boys, yeah. who, who both. Looked really good, I thought. And then, so, James Lang. RGC. RGC. You didn't ding Jamie when you Lang. said sale earlier. Do a ding for sale. <laughs> sale. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> talk H. So, he converted the first Chisholm try with five minutes to go. And the second Chisholm try, which was kickable, he takes the, three, the conversion with three minutes to go. Misses it. And fluffs it. Yep. Yeah, and misses it. And you think... That's it. It's over. It's they can't it's a possibly draw. win yeah. it now. They cannot possibly. And then it was a scrum penalty, wasn't it? Yeah. And so and Quinn's you know, winning a scrum penalty. It's amazing. It's it was an amazing, amazing game. And he slots it. Brilliant. And, oh, I, just and, so, and, I do feel bad for Gloucester. Halifax played well. Like they were attacking from underneath their own posts. But Quinn's a win on the road, um, showing really amazing resolve. Um, yeah, there's 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 some twists and turns yet in this in this league uh, and for top six places for certain. Uh, why don't we touch on Sale very quickly and ve- yeah, ve- very quickly because that's kind awful of awful game. Well, um, well, the only the only yeah. Uh, well, the one thing just, I, the, the only well, thing I'm going to say about this right, awful game. Uh, Jamie Gibson was outstanding. He was everywhere. Uh, Stephen Myler, uh, the much maligned Stephen Myler. Yeah, it was great. It was very good. Exactly the kind of guy Sale could do with. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Tell yeah, me yeah. about it. Um, the the uh, the the last one I'd say is Malinder. When you see him in the flesh, is a different caliber to everyone else on his team. Now, if he is really allowed to go elsewhere, um, which I'll be surprised because no, why would they, I mean yeah, why would they? Uh, because that, that's that's been the rumor. Mm. Uh, there's a rumor a few weeks ago, but that is the future England twelve. It, it, everything he does is so classy. His running is classy. Good distribution. His kicking was very. Uh, it was also very good. That guy has to be the future. And what is he? Twenty-one, maybe. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just—he still looks like Luke Charteris in his early days. Yeah, um, Northampton, it's not beyond the Ooh. realms of possibility. Again, Bath have got their players to come back and it'll be a different Bath team and they've still got the cushion of points. But what's that, four in a row for Northampton? And they're, they're four points off the top four. Four points off the top four. Is that four? right? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that amazing? That is, that is correct. On the flip side, and we were talking about Laurie Fisher describing his side as capitulation. Uh, and we're talking about, you know, coaches carrying the can and stuff. Um, Steve Diamond said his team were out enthused. Oh yeah, now, he's if you're, furious. Yeah, I know, but if your team is out enthused, uh, as we've talked about before, skills are things you can work on. Effort, you can't change that. Well, this is the worst. So if you're if you're if you're sending out a team that isn't, in your opinion, even giving an effort, and I think Sale fans would probably agree with that as well, that they weren't even making the required effort. They weren't good. I mean, they were bad got, in the line out there, bad well, in the drive. But I, what I'm saying is, and I don't know the ins and outs of the Sale club, but that suggests to me some something a little bit worrying deep down within that squad. And one, you, one, one little statistic would be looking at Josh Beaumont's record as captain. It is not good. Mm. No, well, I'm not saying he's not a good leader. I'm just saying the the statistics, whether they, whether there's a a relationship between the two and it means something, I don't know. But yeah, him so, as captain and their record of wins losses is so Beaumont. That's quite just, bad. Okay, so uh, post match, Diamond, I, I was at the press conference and he was scathing about a couple of lads, and in particular, he mentioned his lads. He said, there's a couple of lads out there, if they want to play at the highest level, uh, they've got nothing coming. Or, you know, words to that effect. Uh, he substituted Haley uh, about 10 minutes into second half. And as for Beaumont, I mean, I think he's been affected by England more than anything else. England had him down as a lock. He was playing at lock. He becomes ineffective. He's moved back to the uh, back row now. He's England didn't eight. have him as a lock. Yeah, they did. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. No, he got in the England squad when... Ben Morgan believe and me. Nathan Hughes were out. I'm sure. Yeah, no, he was he was number eight. Be- believe you me, uh, England wants him as a lock, which is why. Well, but that's not that's not what we said. He was in the England squad as a number eight. Uh, well, my understanding was they wanted him as a lock. But okay, maybe uh, whichever the the word the word from up high is they want him as a lock, which is why he, why why he moved there. But I agree, completely ineffective. When you watch someone like TJ, I, I only play far better ball carrier this season than Beaumont's been. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I, I just think awesome. it hints at something. Well, it hints at whether or not there is or not. We'll wait to be seen. But when when a director of rugby, like even more than going, we lost and we were really poor. A director of rugby coming out and saying we were out enthused would have a massive alarm bell going in my head. Uh, it'd be very. Not, it's very disappointing um, from a sale perspective. Yeah, not. Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, I won't work. Look, Can, just one, just one thing. Because I think we've talked about this game yeah. long enough. Yeah. Um, but so I only watched the highlights a few minutes. The first Northampton try came from a bomb that they put onto Denny, and he he did not handle it. Yeah, I don't remember that actually. Yeah, where they scored in the what was the the left hand corner? Yeah. Um, for them attacking, bomb went up. Denny just in and around the edge of his twenty-two, and he looked like he had no idea what to do with it. Didn't didn't take it, fumbled it. Northampton pick up, and a few phases later, they they crashed over. Was I was going to ask? Was that a tactic that they employed throughout the game to to see if they could kind of isolate him with the bombs? Um, I'm not sure if that in particular was a tactic, but there was a, a ton of kicking because it was a ton of smart kicking because it was not great conditions, was no. it? Um, yeah. Uh, Shall we move on? Last one. Well, well, no, can I tell you something really that more disturbing than anything we've talked about? Uh, something more, really, more really, dis- really disturbing. American Civil War. More disturbing than bubbling and... Um, sex acts with sex dogs. Yeah. 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 More, more troubling than 
Murad Boujlal saying there's a widespread cocaine uh, situation in the top 14. Okay. Was it? No, it wasn't him that said that. It was someone that said that. He, he, no, he did say. Oh, he did say Bujal that. Had said that. But anyway, more worrying than that, Exeter Chiefs have <sighs> stopped cock tapping. What? Exeter Chiefs <sighs> have stopped cock tapping. No, we, we need. Do that. Maybe they do it in so private. Initial video footage footage suggests that they have stopped the <laughs> cock tap. <laughs> this sounds like a ridiculous thing uh, to think, but I was on the train. <laughs> what, what, I was on the train, and it just popped into my head. I went, I just for some reason I popped in my head. And went, I haven't seen Exeter cock tap. I thought for a you were going to say something else, and I thought you were going to say I was on the train and it's something really good. I was like, oh, I don't have a mate to tap my. Oh, never mind, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> but mind. excuse no, me, mate. Uh, Phil, Phil, you're right. We had a look, we've had a look at the tries from their fantastic win on Friday night against. Leicester. Leicester. That, I mean, just we said it last week about the turnaround for Exeter. It, that that win was magnificent against yeah, Leicester. Yeah, uh, it and, really was to go ev- to Leicester, and, and, and everyone and to, was predicting uh, Leicester to to, to, to uh, sneak yeah. it to score a penalty try from a rolling mall away at Leicester. Oh, it, that, this that's, team, right? Yeah. is so incredibly good. Yeah, uh, but, they are so competent. I know it's a boring. Horrible word to use from, but that's exactly what they are. No, I'd I'd say like uh, as much as anything, they they are all very good players and they're very competent. You're right, that is a good word to use. They're they're solid, but their organisation and their <sighs> they, they, Exeter will never be out enthused. They yeah. might they yeah, might yeah. be but they might be beaten by a better team. They will never be out enthused. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's where they're going to fall down. I think the the lack of absolute top end talent will cost them a, cost them a trophy again, and that's how they're going to win by having. That amazing organisation, that amazing competency, and then a little bit of stardust on top of that. But, but let's talk about the yeah. big issue from that game. The Kai top. Horseman did a great uh, charge down, uh, scored under the sticks for to get Exeter back after Rizzo had given them well, the lead. No cock tap. Yeah. First man there did not tap his cock. And that's that's disappointing. Oh, isn't it's it, really? an outrage. Yeah. That's a. I hate to say that's a culture problem. <laughs> uh, if you're an Exeter fan, can you can you conf- yeah. can you confirm that the cock tap is gone, or was this just a one-off, For, or is it a superstition that they don't like it on again uh, uh, Welford Road, mm. but it's in force at other times? Uh, well, just from a strict rugby point of view, I'll tell you the most impressive part of this game and the turning point, as far as I was concerned. Leicester are on the front foot; they get a penalty. They go to the corner. It's a yellow card to Parling. Yeah, and then in the blink of a blink of an eye, uh, not only have Exeter turned turn over, but they've basically played no rugby for the next next five minutes. They dealt with that yellow card. Oh, and they scored. They dealt with that yellow card as well as I've ever seen anyone deal with a yellow card. Yeah, they're just an incredibly well organised, incredible outfit actually. Um, yeah, they they were they were brilliant, absolutely superb. Uh, and it is a it's a hell of a place to go and win. And they're. So question marks on this Le- Leicester revival and the major revival remain because yeah. they they had a couple of good wins and now to be smashed at home because mm. um, I was I was kind of backing backing Leicester. I, I really. thought they had a plan and I thought it yeah was, I couldn't work out what that plan was watching it but I thought they had a plan yeah and if they score that drive that driving line out it's a different it game. changes but yeah, yeah. Like, no absolutely not yeah so there you go. They, they were outstanding. Uh, just just let's have a little interlude with some messages from our Facebook live feed, and you can tweet at Rugby Podcast, of course. You can watch this video, see us. Um, well, firstly, I'm getting lots of compliments on this Bath jersey. That's, that's not because nice. I support Bath, by the way. I went to Bath University, and um, my brother played, and so this was one of his shirts, and it was a it's a match day shirt. Anyway, um, and this was, this is like the Danny Grucock era. But no, because I'm wearing mustard chinos as well. 
Which, oh, nice. which, I, which I wore at the rec yesterday, obviously, because I was working there. Totes offs. Um, and um, also, question here, are those socks officially licensed Haguarez socks, JB? What, sorry? Are your socks officially licensed Haguarez socks, <laughs> says Martin Bell. <laughs> uh, no, they're not, but they should be. Um, and, oh, oh, yeah, when we were talking about ring fencing, um, it has been pointed out that we're going, oh, so you're describing an English Pro 12. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess. I guess a little bit. Well, I'll tell you what, if you can have... Oh, forget it, I'm not going to get into that. Um, yeah, good. Um, <laughs> one last thing. If you've managed to get this far, I think you are, you are deserving of this opportunity, which is you need to design us. We're not rebranding, are we? But, no, we're no, no, we're not rebranding. We're, we're ever-evolving. Yes, ever-evolving. Uh, we want a club crest. Well, let's just, let's just take it... Let's just, again, let's just rewind from where we are we're sat in a beautiful studio that uh, has been built in jb's basement mm-hmm. we started in a, my honor we started a, we started <laughs> at a kitchen table we started at a kitchen table and we started then, in a six hundred thousand pound studio team. yeah and then and then and then, <laughs> then sne- a kitchen table. and then sneaking into a radio <laughs> studio that we shouldn't really be in and sneaking back out again without setting the alarm off um <laughs> uh, and yeah and, and we're here right now and the next phase in our evolution is is a club crest like you said yeah, so we've got a little Egg Chasers badge, which you see on the podcast, the little cover art, but we want an actual club crest. Now, my idea for that, and you tell me what you guys would like. This is what I would like. I want something classy and traditional, like the traditional Leicester crest or the traditional Gloucester crest. Well, I think you need to give a bit of direction on what goes on it because they involve animals and things like that. Yeah, animals and a bit of Latin. Um, well, we have had people getting in touch it's saying, be telling Im- us what the Latin for let the boys yeah. play is it's got to be impossible to draw from memory like other club crusts yes yeah intricate detail yeah intricate detailing so anyway the point. Well, the reason I'm telling you this is because I want you to, 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 design, to design it for us whoever does design it will obviously be immortal because it will go on the JB Cup as well uh, <laughs> well yeah 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 and it will also be the new crest for the podcast be our cover art go on ties that sort of thing so if you want to design Egg Chasers Club Crest, we've already had, what, five or six entries? Oh, we've had yeah, some more, more than, than that. that. We've had some fantastic entries already. You don't have to be a graphic designer. But uh, it does help. It, 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 <laughs> but you might know someone that is. We, we can offer lots of stash. We can say the first time we do a, a pressing of an official, official shirt or official tie using this new crest you will get complimentary stuff. We can offer loads of other stash. I mean, look around the rugby dungeon. You can see we're, we've got connections. We can get you hooked up. And, as JB said, immortality. More so, importantly, yeah, yes. More importantly, so do get in touch. We, we want a club crest, so watch this one with... Um, what's the, oh, what are you doing now? Nothing. <laughs> um, back, what, back to the games? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've done them all. What have, we not, what have we not touched on? Well, we've not touched on... Pro Sa- 12 Sar- or Super Rugby. Saracen's Newcastle. Oh, no, we haven't, have we? Well, let's, let's I've let's not actually seen any of the highlights. No, I've not seen it. Well, let's take a little Pro 12 interlude then, um, because, again, we've, we, have been, we have poured scorn on the Pro 12 for how it is dur- only during this Six Nations window. Well, and other times as well. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> Zebra v Dragons at any time is, is not a spectacle particularly worth watching. Um... Treviso or what I've just said Edinburgh Treviso Edinburgh for example um, so yeah that, that's not been good at any time but during the Six Nations when so many players are away but I've just got I just want to shine a light on Leinster for a second because their, yep. their performance their amount of points they're scoring in this period 
one of the teams most affected by international call-ups. Their backup squad is outstanding. But yeah, that, that is a great squad, yeah. isn't it? Their whole, yeah, their whole organisation is outstanding. It doesn't surprise me that much because they signed so well. And like, there was a tweet that sent to us or sent I read, which is going to list or it does list their back row options for next year, including Scott Fardy. Scott Fardy. Oh. I mean, <laughs> it's like seven international-ish class back row. Is it's uh, Conan Van der Fleer, Levy? Um, I mean, th- th- those are the small names. But, but yeah, them. yeah. Then you add in Heaslip, O'Brien, Fardy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They yeah. are a ridiculous, ridiculous um, organization in the good sense of the word. Yes, very much so. Uh, so they smashed Scarlets. Yep. A Scarlet side who's had a couple of good results recently as well. They, they, the Scarlets can play rugby and they can play good rugby when everyone's fit. Now I've not seen much of this track. Have you seen the uh, the Fox application and the Fox the, the Fox, which as in not, John not, not, Fox not, Davis or as in the crack Fox from Super Rugby? Neither. No. As in the Fox, which I've seen uh, used to describe the Italian tactic from oh. last weekend. Is that what it's called? I've seen it. I've seen it be called that a couple of times. Oh, no, I've, okay. Uh, by the way, I know uh, I've got the rule change to, to defeat this. But go on. Well, do you see what happened? No. So, no rook formed. Uh, Leinster in their own twenty-two, and so I think it was a prop uh, who was he was in the guard position, and he realised he very astutely realised that there was no rook formed. So he just ran from his guard position to stand in between the nine and the ten to block the clearing kick. And so the nine just picked up and ran in the hole he left and yep. made made thirty yards. Yep, that's uh, that's exactly <laughs> what you should do. So I've got an actual law for this. I'm going to save it for next podcast, but I'll give it you now. In fact, no, I'll give you next podcast. So you best listen. All right, yeah, Ooh, listen, listen to the next what a podcast. Tease. Hit, hit that subscribe button and then you'll get it all. Uh, just just on the because um, Leicester, you talked about the major revival. Uh, I would I would suggest that Leicester will already be in quite advanced situations with potential new directors of rugby and they may have already de- and they probably have already decided Aaron Major's probably not is not probably not going to be their man. Uh what's his name? Laurie Fisher could be off it seems from Gloucester. So who just just throw some names in the hat who would you throw in for which club? Either. So for Gloucester uh it's Philip Sansandre although apparently he's he's with Cameroon at the moment which is a weird one. Um, that seems like a logical fit if the Ultrad stuff goes ahead. Do you, do you think that is a... I think it's a terrible move, but yeah. I think it's a logical move. Okay, with Ultrad, because so his Montpellier is just building the biggest possible pack and team you can... Yeah, and hear me now, believe me later, this simply won't work in a salary cap age. So yeah, good luck yeah. trying that. It's a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, I- I'm thinking Matt O'Connor is... I was, trying, I was trying. I was trying to. I was trying to think. Yeah. Uh, Leicester. I think that'd be a great fit because he's got history with Leicester. Yeah, and they do and, like. And they they do with... like people who've got history with yeah. the club, well, as, as Aaron Major has. How yeah. about um, Dean Richards? I know he said no, but the heart yeah. wants. I mean, that, that would. The heart be, wants what it wants. That would be great, <laughs> but I'd, yeah, he's doing an amazing job because yeah, he's doing a great. First job. signing would be uh, Gonover. Sonotti, Sonotti. <laughs> oh, Gonover. No Gonover had just a naughty, filthy little cheeky game. Yeah. He's, he's like a, he was described as I, I so saw, cheeky. I, I saw a, a tweet d- uh, to us describing him as Gonover is like a man busting out of a cake at a birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, oh, 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 also, we did get um, uh, a tweet saying, "Is it slightly? Does it? 
um, show slight desperation for England, and we'll talk about this more in the in the midweek podcast as well. But is it slight desperation for England that so much is being made of Benny Vanapola playing a game of rugby for Saracens? No, because he's the, the best number eight in the world. So I mean, if he's not, he's top three best eight in the world, isn't he? So you know, yeah, he's definitely top three. You know, yeah. The national team are playing, and their their prize asset, and it's not desperation. He's good enough to get into any team in the world. So that that is why people are interested. Mako uh, Vinopola had, had a really good game for Saracens. Uh, he has got this ingenious little thing. I don't know where, how whether it's it's just a tactic to take a knee, but he, he has his contact <laughs> lens. He, mm. he keeps he keeps when he's really really blowing. You watch Mako Vinopola's contact lens quite often comes out just after, after a really intense period of play, which it did in the Newcastle Saracens game. It's a good tactic, clever, solid, very smart, and just Sinotti Sinotti. I just don't know how that man is physically possible. <laughs> just what he does with that body shape but, uh, mm. there you go um, we, we have wrapped up all the rugby to talk about domestically um, um, quick mention of Ulster oh yeah your pride Ulster man what happened at Ulster I can't imagine either of you saw this game no no, no we didn't uh, Ulster hosted the mighty Benetton Treviso uh, and only managed to score three tries 19-7 because it was dreadful conditions yeah, right. waterlogged awful pitch um, so unfortunately didn't get the bonus point which is actually quite a um, a big loss to not get a bonus point against an Italian team at home yeah it's, it's, it says a lot doesn't it that's basically that basically is a loss because yeah it, it, it almost is rather than four and, points gained and that one point would have put them into the top four but now they're currently fifth oh dear oh dear right let's wrap this up and do other things. Actually, did you did either of you see any of the Super Rugby? So I mentioned the Lua oh, Tua. You know, I've, I, I, I've got one thing I want to discuss with this one. So last week, you know, we discovered, uh, I, I was basically said, right, well, that's it. I'll follow the Brumbies because they're one of the few teams that don't seem to have a ridiculous hashtag with every tweet. The most ridiculous of all of them, because I did a bit of research and there's so many of these oh. stupid hashtags. Canterbury Crusaders. Try and guess what their hashtag is that they oh, put with loads um, of their tweets. Um, okay, Canterbury Crusaders. You won't guess it. Our Crusade. Riot on or something like that. Oh, that's good. That would be good. Um, Although it sounds slightly sexual. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be something like together. Uh, like, it, it's got to be so contrived. Yeah. Like together us. It means nothing, but it could do. Yeah. Um, I. Right. Go so on. Canterbury Crusaders. Think of their crest. You know, you've got the sword. you've got the sword, yeah, sword, the warrior aloft, the warrior. You've got the you know the, the crusader. Something to do with a crusade, you know, a crusader. It is hashtag super boom boom. Well, so, so that is that is is um, is that not Canterbury? It's not crusaders. It, that is actually the super rugby, or certainly the oh, New Zealand super rugby. Get out of it! Right, well, they're all dead. Have to you me. not seen the super boom boom advert? Super boom boom. All of the New Zealand sides are dead to me now. Good as good as they are, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having it. The super boom boom advert. Uh, it, it's actually quite good fun. It's very uh, cheesy and poppy, but it's quite a good fun advert. Um, no, so friend of the podcast. Um, Mammoth. Oh yeah, the guy I used to live with. Yes. Oh yeah, your former housemate. There is you go. Is, is this it? This is it. I quite like it. Is that the super boom boom? This music? is the super boom boom yeah. advert. Yeah. Crank it. So there's some guy DJing. Lots of women in it. There oh are yeah, you're right. It, must, it is a New Zealand one because it said Hurricanes make it two convincing wins in two weeks with a 71-6 drubbing of Melbourne Rebels. Rebels hashtag super boom boom. Yeah. Well, the, the Aussie teams did not have a good week, did they? They got pumped. Well, so I was going to say, so 
uh, just on on uh, Crusaders to hopefully make you like New Zealand teams slightly more. He, I'm into it. He was at the Crusaders game uh, two weeks ago, and their pre-match entertainment. They actually got four men dressed in full regalia, full Crusader regalia, on horses. Yeah, yeah, doing. Uh, Laps of the pit. They're, yeah, awesome. I, I've seen that a few times actually. Can I just say about that, like, the, the fake, two the, the two thousand fans there must have loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say about the Super Boom Boom video? Love it. Uh, I, lots yeah. of men flexing their arms. Oh yeah, well Super Boom Boom video is fine, but the hashtag putting the <laughs> hashtag the Super Boom Boom with every New Zealand side's game. Come on, is that not worn thin at all for anyone? Come uh, on, Just just listen. Fun engagement. No, listen, listen. Is, isn't this the tune that happens before Blade destroys the whole nightclub? <laughs> Is that the... Have you seen the Hurricanes special edition tour jersey and all the players doing little... Have you seen, the, have you seen this? Look at the moves they're doing. Can you be more... Oh, my beloved Canes can do what they want. It's like... That's not rugby, Matt. That's it's, not like rugby. Someone, <laughs> it's like someone... It's like someone dropped a VHS of hip-hop onto Anglesey <laughs> if Anglesey was not connected to the mainland and yes. never had been and it kind of developed in its own way <laughs> it's culture brew yeah it's you, you brew. bizarre um, the Hurricanes can do whatever the hell they want have you seen their last two results uh, yes well I only saw the highlights there's only so much rugby I can watch I thought four games this weekend is enough one of them been live uh, yeah and I did watch a little bit of Super Rugby I can't remember what happened it all merges to one Hurricanes points difference two games into the season. Yep. Plus 131. Oh, Hurricanes, right. So I'm thinking Crusaders. Yeah, yeah. Points difference plus 131 two games in. Have they played? Uh, Admittedly, they have played the Sunwolves in in Japan. Crack Foxes. But then they they hosted the Rebels. Um, But this, this is actually probably more concerning slightly because... Someone actually tweeted us to say, is Super Rugby becoming the new Pro 12? Yeah. With some of the disparity between the teams. I agree with that. There's just too much of a drop-off in standard. And so it's it's very interesting. So you think New Zealand teams are all um, streets ahead. So last weekend, uh, the Blues put 50 points on the Rebels, who Hurricanes put 70 points on the Rebels this week. But the Blues had 40 points put on them by the Chiefs. So even within New Zealand, there's like yeah. uh, some disparity. So the Chiefs and the Crusaders are just, they're unbelievable. I'm gonna try, the players I, they've got. I'm going to try, see, thing is, I watched Castleford on Thursday. <laughs> uh, by the way, things are looking up for sale next year. Did you see the Castleford result? I don't care. Oh, mate. <laughs> I, you, don't, I don't care. I tell you now, if you watch that, I'm not, I am, I like rugby league, right? If they, you they, watch that Castleford game, you would be blown away by what, how they played. It was. They destroyed Leeds, didn't they? Oh, it was astounding. It's on Sky Catch Up. Go and have a look at it. It, it is astounding. Uh, if you want to know about skill level and how things are executed, it was amazing to watch. Um, can we, let, let's finish this podcast. Okay. Off. 
We're on to Castleford. We've done a, a fair, <laughs> you, to be fair, yeah. you did take yeah. us on to Castleford. Yeah, but we've done a fairly comprehensive job if we're finishing on Castleford. Damn okay. right. Damn right. Thank you. If you got this far, thank you very much for listening. Uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Egg Chasers Podcast on Instagram. There was... Um, I've started I've started learning how it works and Instagram stories we've already done a live video before the podcast but Instagram stories you can put stuff up that's only there for 24 hours so I did an in-depth uh, analysis of the um, the BT Sport cheese board oh. at, at, at the bath game so if you want to see hey, behind the scenes stuff like that then then uh, Egg Chasers podcast on Instagram um, Facebook where you can watch the video if you haven't already thank you very much if you have we'll have another podcast coming out on Wednesday which is focused on the Six Nations Internationals our trip to Romania and everything else Anything else, gents? All good? No. Do, do me a club crest. Cheers. <laughs> boom. Right, thank you for listening. Super boom boom. Boom. Play us out, super boom boom. Oh, okay. Good idea. From the start. Okay. Mmm, shake that boom, 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 whoa. Alright, so boom, you know how it goes. Shut down, raid, mash up the stage show. I get high, then I drop it low. Crank it. Crank it. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Superlight Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot code SUPER24.